The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. When we expend negative energy towards others and the world around us, we push ourselves further away from our own success. Welcome to Wealthy Thoughts with your host, Richard Levy. Our show provides a positive blueprint to what you could be doing in order to bring more success to your life. Now, here is Richard Levy. Warm greetings to you, dear friends in the USA and all around the world. This is Richard Levy in Chicago, and welcome to Wealthy Thoughts. We talk about the thoughts, decisions, and actions you need to take to attract more wealth, success, prosperity, and health into your life. Whether you are an entrepreneur, an employee of a business, or just getting over stress from debt or other financial challenges, I believe you will be financially smarter and more confident about your success after you hear today's show. Friends, how many of you know someone who has owned three successful businesses before the age of 30? How many of you know anyone under the age of 20 who founded a winery? My guest today, dear friends, is a successful entrepreneur and a very well-respected businesswoman, speaker, and author. If you want to learn how to have more success and prosperity and reach your goals, then listen to every from my guest. At age 19, she founded Sugar Leaf Vineyards near Charlottesville, Virginia, her first major success as an entrepreneur, with a little exception. That's a little teaser. You'll hear about that in a moment. Next successful business, LMB, or Luxury Market Branding, a strategic marketing and branding company in beautiful New York City. And after nearly a year advising technology startups on their marketing and branding strategies, she branched into a new field. She became founding partner of Gen Y Capital Partners, an early stage venture capital venture firm targeting generation, that's the gen, generation Y technology startups. At the age of 26, Lauren Mylan Bias was honored at the White House, and we salute her for that. She had been selected for the Impact 100 list. That includes the top 100 entrepreneurs in the USA. That's marvelous. Somehow, Lauren, in the meantime, found time to write an amazing book on succeeding called The Path Redefined, Getting to the Top on Your Own Terms. It is fabulous. It's amazing. And I say that it is amazing on every single page without exception. In fact, it was an instant Amazon bestseller book on the top. 
all of this is done before 30 years of age. On top of that, Lauren is a single mother with two beautiful children, Jaden and Chloe. I met them at her recent book signing, book signing in New York City. Dear friends, this is my honor and pleasure to introduce you to Lauren Mylan Bias. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to Wealthy Thoughts. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you, Richard. And thank you so much for having me on and for that just absolutely amazing introduction. Um, gosh, I don't think I could have asked for a better welcome to come on to a show. So thank you. Thank you for that. You're so welcome, dear Lauren. Lauren, you sound great, and I feel your energy as I felt when I met you in New York and Chelsea, your wonderful book signing and meeting all your prestigious, wonderful, successful people who, I might add, all are down-to-earth, wonderful people. I know our audience feels your positive energy and confidence. Lauren, before we get your book and success on Wall Street and New York City, Let's talk about your very first entrepreneurial business on the corner of 96th Street and Madison Avenue in New York City. And I'll tell you, I would have bought stock in this business. Ha, ha, ha. How old were you? How did you set it up? And did you make many profits in this first business? I did make profits in the first business. And um, that particular experience, as you know, opens the book. Um, and I started the lemonade stand when I was eight. It was actually iced tea and lemonade. And I'd like <laughs> to point out that uh, that 96th in Madison, though it's a very uh, cushy neighborhood now, when I was, you know, a kid, it was certainly Spanish Harlem. It was not what it was today. And so um, there was also some, you know, concern of just having me out there selling my iced tea and lemonade. I had two um, cups, one for 50 cents. This is like in the day of Dixie cups when people actually used Dixie cups. And so the small <laughs> one was 50 cents and the large one was a dollar. And mm-hmm. um, my mom would keep running across the street to replenish my, um, my, both my change, taking my large bills from me, and also replenishing my iced tea lemonade so that I could keep selling. And um, yes, I was, I was pulling in profits and I ended up paying um, the florist across the street named Jerome Florist where I would sit in front of or stand in front of and, and set up my shop with my table and such. And I had a fanny pack on, and I'd keep my cash in my fanny pack, and I had a very embarrassing old-school visor on. It's so not a full hat, but just like the visor where you <laughs> put your ponytail at the top. And, um, and I paid them $50 a week to be able to um, you know, stand in front of their florist shop and also uh, protect myself from the sun by, by standing underneath their awning all day as opposed to scorching out in the heat of the sun. And so, yes, I pulled in profits. Um, it was really fun and exciting to kind of feel that reward of entrepreneurship at such a young age and to also be able to start something in my community. Um, and then my first real business, uh, Sugarleaf Vineyards, was, was also something that I was able to start in my community. So it's been, um, it's been a really um, you know, great experience. I don't know that if looking back, I would say that, you know, when I was 8, 9, 10, and 11 years old every summer, I would have thought that this is where exactly I was going to be, um, because as you know from the book, I thought that I wanted to kind of follow in the footsteps of my father, um, and I've, I've definitely gone a different direction, but still a very rewarding direction nonetheless. You did, and can we, may we tell the audience your profits at times were 300 or you may have $300 a day in sales. Am I correct on that, Lauren? Yes, you're correct. You are correct. That was a long day's work, and I will say that I had the competitive advantage of being at the corner of 96 and Madison, which gave me three-way bus traffic uh, for <laughs> limited buses, which is kind of equal to an express bus um, in other cities, but in New York we call them the limited bus. 
And so I had the limited bus coming up Madison that stopped at 96 as a limited stop, and then I had the two crosstown buses going both crosstown east direction, eastbound and westbound. So it was a great corner to be on, and um, and funny enough, some people would stand there and give me like three dollars and just take you know three large cups back to back to back. But yeah, that's business. And it ladies and gentlemen, it was a hustle from an early age. That's for sure. That is for sure. And that was at younger than 10 years old, eight or nine years old. And let that be a metaphor, ladies and gentlemen, for the rest of the story today when you hear about Lauren and her successes. Lauren, you are a big believer in the power of serendipity. You talk about that in the book very often. For the audience, does this mean to stay open to the possibility of unexpected opportunities appearing along the way? Has this happened to you often in your life? That's really the story of my life. So, um, you know, when I talk about serendipity in the book, I talk about, you know, more than just the notion of serendipity. I really talk about creating a life that I like to call being serendipitous by design, Mm -hmm. which means that you have a lot of overlap between your professional and your personal life and your professional and your personal interest, and that you end up spending, you know, a lot of your downtime with people that you work with um, so that you can deepen those relationships in a genuine way and for me, at least, I sincerely enjoy the people that I work with, whereas I know that, you know, my parents and my grandparents' generation, and my grand- great-grandparents, for that matter, was very different. There was this very clear line between, you know, your work friends, uh, your work colleagues, and your personal friends, and your work time, and your playtime, whereas, especially in my generation, there's no delineation between the two. And so, um, you know, I do undoubtedly believe in serendipity, and I, I more so believe that a lot of people feel as though, you know, they work hard and then it never really pays off. And then when it does pay off, it's at a time when someone wishes that it hadn't really presented itself. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, life does not, doesn't work that way. My life has never worked that way. And some of the most amazing opportunities that I've had, especially in the last five years, um, you know, have come at, at what most people would probably perceive to be inopportune times when I had a lot on my plate, both professionally, personally, um, where maybe it wasn't, it wasn't the right time for this particular opportunity, mm-hmm. but I made time and I made a way and I found a way to make it work. So, yes. you know, I do believe that working hard does pay off and that oftentimes we're not prepared to receive the payoffs. Well, you talk about people and relationships. In your book, you say to focus on the best people to have business relationships with. Why is that so important, Lauren? I think it's important because we all want to prosper. We all want to prosper in life. We all want to prosper, you know, financially, emotionally, um, socially. And, you know, we can only spend but so many time, so many hours. There's only so much time in a day. And, um, and you know, I think it's important that we kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, that we curate the people um, in our life that we want to spend time with and and knowing that the time spent with them is also furthering everything else that we have to do. I mean, case in point, if you look into the entertainment industry, as an example, or you look into the technology industry, as an example, most of you know, the very influential people in those industries hang out together. They'll mm-hmm. go on a vacation together, and they'll do a deal at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you know, oftentimes, you know, a dinner may very well start out as personal and then move to work, or it may start out as business and then kind of transition to personal. But there's a lot of overlap, and it's because it's an overlap in interest. And I also think very strongly that, you know, people don't get hired for their resume anymore or their degree anymore. There are, you know, a multitude of people in my network that have gone on to create 
extremely rewarding careers and businesses, whether they're an entrepreneur or not, in the field completely unrelated to what they obtain their, you know, undergraduate or graduate degree in. And so, you know, there's also a limited amount of good people in this world, and I pride myself on keeping, you know, though perhaps a a large network, I really actually consider it to be pretty close-knit, but to an outsider looking in, it may appear to be a large network, but of all incredibly genuine, humble, driven people. And as you know, I talk about in the book, you know, things that are not teachable skills. And so I like to be with people who have good cores and good drives because those aren't things that you can teach someone. You can't teach someone to be a better human being or to be more driven or you you can't teach that. It's just a quality that you possess inside of you or you don't. And everything else that you don't know, if you're intelligent, you can figure it out. So, you know, I really pride myself on on keeping a network where – you know, they, they are my friends and it's not a chore to engage with them, but that more importantly, if I want to start my next business, my next advisory board, um, whatever it may be, that it should be one degree of separation from your network. Well, you certainly are you very clear about that in the book and about your how important your the relationships are and how important a person's character, uh, their reputation is instead of uh, as not so important as their college degree or initials behind their name. And folks, Lauren says in her book, successful people like to work and spend time with other successful people. And I love that. And she also says, folks, later in the book, you suggest, Lauren, to surround yourself with people who will lift you up. And that does seem common sense. But ladies and gentlemen, that is not so common sense. You want to associate with people who are positive and network with the people who are goal-oriented also. And we'll talk to Lauren about that when we come back from the break. This is exciting. We're grateful to have Lauren Mylan Bias with us today, author of The Path Redefined, Getting to the Top on Your Own Terms. I'm Richard Levy. You're listening to Wealthy Thoughts on the Empowerment Channel, Voice America. We'll be right back. on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Many of us know we should read our affirmations, visualize goals, and post in a gratefulness journal. But we put our success thinking at the end of the line, behind work, family, and other daily tasks and challenges. Richard's philosophy is that prosperity is more than just wealth. It's also about health, love, forgiveness, goal writing, and letting go of all kinds of negativity. If you are really serious about thinking success, attracting wealth, and feeling great about yourself, daily prosperity thinking has to become just that, a daily habit. Here's how to put your prosperity thinking first. Sign up for Richard's free no-obligation daily prosperity message on ThoughtsMakeYouWealthy.com. Then click Daily Prosperity Messages 
and join thousands of other people who are now putting their success thinking ahead of everything else. You are worth it. Again, visit ThoughtsMakeYouWealthy.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. To reach us today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is WealthyThoughts at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, dear ladies and gentlemen. I am Richard Levy, and today we're talking to Lauren Mylan Bias, author of the blockbuster, The Path Redefined, Getting to the Top on Your Own Terms. We're going to give you her website information and where you can find this book. If you want to know about success as an entrepreneur, success as a person, success in the corporate world, you must get this book. I love it. I support it. It is beautiful. Lauren, before we went to the break, you were talking about uh, successful people and use an example of Hollywood people who are very successful, goal-oriented, and for the most part, they hang out or associate with other people in, in the industry. Why in your book, why do you emphasize so much for our audience, why is networking so important to your success, Lauren? You say, grow your network. Tell us, please, about this important part. Well, I think, you know, our network is, uh, first of all, our network is our net worth <laughs> Ooh, uh, at this powerful. day and age. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, it's, it's from our network that we, that we get not just opportunity, but where we also get support, where we also get ideas, where we also get perspective. Um, you know, for me, my network acts as a competing counterweight to a lot of what I do, and it's also where I vet my my initiatives or my opportunities before I take them out into the bigger ecosystem and share them more broadly. And so, you know, I look at my network as, as, you know, as my second family. They're not just my network. And I think that when most people think the word network, they think either your, your LinkedIn connections or they think, you know, if you're old school still using a Rolodex, they think about their Rolodex um, figuratively or, or literally. They think about the contacts in their phone. And for me, I think about this really diverse, amazing group of people that I am fortunate to be able to call colleagues and also friends. Um, there's probably no one in my network that I can honestly think of that I don't also consider to be a friend and, and know that they consider me, me to be a friend as well. And so, you know, my network offers more than just, you know, an introduction or a job reference. It, it offers a tremendous amount of, of insight and support as well. Interesting. Two things, ladies and gentlemen. Lauren, you said grow your network, and she associated net work with net worth. I love that one. And Lauren made the uh, distinction between your colleagues and friends, your social network through Twitter or Facebook with your network. She has close supporters, close friends she works with, she bounces ideas off before she gets into perhaps her next venture. And Lauren has been in many ventures, ventures and very successful ones. Lauren, you ask yourself, 
what do you want your, uh, you suggest to the reader, ask yourself, what do you want your reputation to be? Whitehorn is your, or our reputation, one of our most important assets. I mean, well, I think my colleague Porter Gale, who wrote a book called Your Network is Your Net Worth. It is literally the title of her book. Um, you know, it's important because, because that's where, you know, that's where you're able to actually have genuine interactions. I don't think, you know, a lot of, of transactions don't really exist anymore the way that they used to exist. You know, the process of even getting a job is very rarely that you, you know, that you apply for it, at least the dream job per se. It's very rare uh, nowadays that you'll apply for it or that a headhunter will come knocking on your door for it. Oftentimes it first comes from a trusted source, which is within your own network. Okay. Uh, it comes within a trusted source, within your own network. As a successful entrepreneur, you seem, Lauren, you seem very passionate about your and actually about life. That's my personal opinion. How much of a role does following your passion play in success, please? I think following your passion plays, um, plays a role in your success in so much as that you're passionate about what you're doing, not so much that you're actually exploring your passions. And I do think that it's important to explore your passions if you're that, if you're that passionate about them, right? So I've been really passionate about um, actually exploring my passions in a very tangible way, whether it's in wine and then in marketing and then in technology and now with the book and now through speaking and, you know, hopefully empowering and inspiring people, and specific, more specifically women. But I think that, you know, you can't do well at something that you're not passionate about. So I think having passion is different from what our passions are, right? Mm-hmm. So when I talk about having passion, I mean that you can't be successful at something that you don't get excited about and that you don't, you know, find joy doing until the wee hours of the morning when it requires that you work until the wee hours of the morning. Um, as you know from reading the book, Richard, I talk even about the times when I couldn't sleep because my mind was racing and I was exhausted. My body wanted to sleep, but my mind wouldn't sleep. Um, And as a result, I stayed up (laughs) working because I was so passionate about starting, um, you know, my my kind of career in venture and in investing in startups. And, you know, I, I couldn't, I almost couldn't stop because I was excited for the next day. I was excited to look at the next deal. And so I was passionate about what I was doing. And so I think that, you know, passion plays a role in success in that you bring a thousand percent of yourself to the table. Well, Lauren, for the for the woman and um, our man and our man listening to the show and in the audience, and they have a goal, they have a passion. But at this point, they see challenges. If their passion is strong enough and the vision is clear enough, will they inevitably be successful if they don't give up? I think there's more. I think there's more to it. So I think we can start off by saying yes, because it sounds nice, but I think that in reality, there's definitely more to it, which is, you know, in part why I wrote this whole book. But I think that, you know, having passion, yes. Perseverance, yes. Unshakable confidence is incredibly important, especially for women. It, it almost falls in the shake it, uh, fake, it, fake it until you make it category. You've got to have this unshakable confidence that that allows you to both face every day and also command the respect from your peers and the other people that you're working with that you want people to, to look at you with. And so a lot of it is, 
especially when it comes to both your confidence and your communication. Sometimes we have to we have to give it or show it in order to receive it, unfortunately, unfortunately or unfortunately. But I think it also comes down to defining what success looks like for us and then setting our roadmap of how we're going to attain it. And so, as you know, I talk about this in the path redefined. It's what's our big goal? How do we define success? What do we want to do that's going to make us most happy, make us feel whole, complete, excited, satisfied, and is going to really make us feel like we've lived a good life, whether it's passing down a legacy of success, creating a legacy of success, whether it's monetary, whether it's in a philanthropic way, whatever it is. For everyone, it's something different, obviously. And then figuring out what the big overarching goal is that's going to continuously keep you motivated and what the small steps are that are going to be necessary to actually take action and get you there. So that combined with passion... Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, did you hear Lauren? She was enumerating several steps there. And this book gives the steps all through the book, one, two, three, with background to it. For those of you who are comfortable in learning that way, this is another reason you're gonna, going to love the book. Lauren, after your White House ceremony, you made a pledge to give back and pay it forward. How do you mean give it back, and what does paying it forward mean for our audience? So after I received the Impact 100 Award in 2011, and I gave this speech at the White House, um, all of the honorees were asked to, you know, obviously not just, not just take this amazing recognition and run with it, but to take this amazing recognition and invest in other people with it, which was incredibly important to me and something that I was already doing in my everyday life, both as a mother, both as a friend, a mentor, an advisor, as a member of my community, as a member of various philanthropic organizations, it was already a part of my everyday life. So it wasn't a big culture shock for me, per se, to be asked to do that. Um, and what it, what it means is, you know, it took a, a few different forms. One, when I, when I gave the speech, I said that I was going to, you know, give my advisory services to start up businesses to help them get off the ground, which I have done. And... Now, you know, another way of giving back is, is by writing the book. And, you know, the book took me, <laughs> took me quite some time to write. Um, you know, it took 11 months to write The Path Redefined, mm-hmm. which, you know, to some may seem fairly short. But, you know, I, I took literally three months of um, essentially a leave from everything else that I was doing to concentrate fully on bringing this book to life because it, didn't, it wasn't something that could be done, you know, here or there a few hours a day uh, for months at a time. I, I'm, I'm the kind of person who has to get in the zone, and so I need to be in the zone of reading and writing and reading and writing and reading and writing in order to really kind of get on this great flow that, that creates the kind of book that I was able to write. And so, you know, a lot of the, of the giving back and investing is also by empowering and inspiring other people and hopefully giving them the tools that they need to go on and be successful um, in their own lives as well. And so... You know, I guess phase two of the give back that I wasn't expecting in 2011 because I never really expected that I was going to be writing a book before 30 uh, is going to be by giving back through through the path redefined. And, and you and, are and from through the, and through the success stories of the path redefined. So you know, we've been getting amazing reviews, and I love seeing everyone's reviews on Amazon and Goodreads and Barnes and Noble and and iBooks. It's been amazing. Um, but I'm also just now starting to get some some beginning success stories that are really amazing to read and, and very humbling to receive. 
There are many success stories. Orrin is uh, correct on that. Uh, correct. Of course, it's her book. She, But that, I want to emphasize that, to ladies and gentlemen, she talks about th- what she has learned from, su- from business, from success, from uh, mistakes, from successes. And she shares. She's so open and so self-confident. Uh, she offers or invites other successful men and women from all walks of life to share their gems, their words of success. So you'll read, put the book down, close your eyes, take it in, and then read further. What Lauren talks about is enough to motivate any of you to success. In fact, uh, before we go to break, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to quote if Lauren wrote, if dreams don't scare you, they aren't big enough. When we come back from the break, we're going to have Lauren talk about that statement in itself, about thinking outside the box. I think you'll love to hear what Lauren says about goal setting and setting big goals. I'm Richard Levy. You're listening to Wealthy Thoughts. Our dear guest today is the one and only Lauren Mylan Bias, author of The Path Redefined, Getting to the top on your own terms. We'll be right back. Stay with us. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are you believing more and more in your abilities to attract a life of wealth, success, abundant health, and happiness? If so, you are doing it exactly right, and you've been listening to Richard Levy's guests on Wealthy Thoughts. Each guest on the show has overcome challenges on their journey to success and riches. Here's what they share in common. One, they followed their passion. Two, they took positive action. Three, They released negative distractions, emotions, and people from their lives. You are just as smart and can be a success in your own life. Take the next step. Let Richard Levy serve as your life coach. You can get 15 minutes of free success coaching with Richard. And if you sign up for three of his success coaching sessions, you'll also receive a free copy of his latest book, Thoughts Make You Wealthy, a DVD from his Think Like a Millionaire seminar, and his CD, Forgiveness is for Your Benefit, Not Theirs. That's over $150 in free gifts. Visit ThoughtsMakeYouWealthy.com now to learn more about getting your free 15 minute coaching session with Richard Levy. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. To reach us today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is WealthyThoughts at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen in the USA, all around the world, and especially those of you listening in beautiful 
New York City. I'm Richard Levy. You're listening to Wealthy Thoughts. Our guest today is Lauren Mylan Bias, author of The Path Redefined, Getting to the Top on Your Own Terms. And Lauren has simply gone to the top on her own terms. And is she sitting on her laurels? No. She's got more goals and more goals. The recent, most recent one is this fabulous book, which you want to buy and pass on to your friends and relatives who want to learn more about success in life. And this is a hands-on book. This is not theory. This is the real thing. Lauren, I'm going to quote from your book. Before we went to the break, I mentioned this. Folks, for those of you who think, wonder, are you thinking big enough or thinking out of the box, here's what Lauren says, and we'll hear, hear her comments. If dreams don't scare you, they aren't big enough. Is this, Lauren, the same or similar to thinking outside the box or outside your comfort zone? It's a bit. Uh, I think you have to be outside your comfort zone to dream so big. <laughs> so yes, in that respect, they are they are pretty similar. But I think that a lot of times we we think of something as this bigger than life goal that we're not entitled to, and we don't even allow it to to have a place or time in our head or our heart. So that's really what I mean when I say if your dreams aren't aren't scaring you, then they're not big enough. Okay. All right. Uh, recurrent thoughts in your mind, and you have this, this is from your book, of course, want to be powerful, want to be big, want to be successful. Lauren, after reading your book, The Path Redefined, I believe you, Lauren, you are big, powerful, and successful. You've accomplished so much. Would you recommend that our listeners meditate or keep these words in their mind day in and day out about being powerful, big, and successful? <laughs> Is that a trick question? <laughs> Not a trick question whatsoever. It <laughs> no, sounds no, I'm almost like you, but, a, a uh, meditation, you know, an affirmation. It's different for everybody, and I say that, you know, People who know me know I'm incredibly down to earth. And so, you know, to give some context to your, to your listeners today, when I say in the book that I've always wanted to be big and be successful, it really sincerely stemmed from the movie Big when I was a little girl and Tom <laughs> Hanks' character, um, you know, was a kid who, who was able to kind of run with the big boys and who became, you know, had this adult responsibility as a child. And so, you know, that's something that I've, I've always envied, and it's something that we see a lot in the entrepreneurial world, that you've got these kind of, you know, young, young kids on the block, the new kids on the block who bring a lot of innovation and excitement um, and help to really, you know, revitalize or, or maintain relevancy with big companies. And so mm-hmm. that notion in general is something that really excites me. I personally don't meditate, uh, and in fact, recently I was doing an interview and somebody asked me what I do to decompress and I said I certainly work out there's something about working out that just does it for me and I said I don't meditate all the time and I used to go to yoga a lot and then I found that yoga doesn't always really work for me because sometimes it makes me really sad it makes me a little too zen and you kind of you do start to meditate and your mind kind of wanders into a place that doesn't make you feel empowered and so it's it's a mix of probably 25% yoga 75% you know great cardio and loud music in my ears to just kind of get me going and, and get me in that mindset that I need to power through the day. And so I say all of that to say um, I don't necessarily believe that people need to meditate. I, it's not something that I subscribe to doing on a daily basis. Um, you know, I, I pray. I'm, I'm a pretty um, a pretty 
faithful person who is incredibly uh, cognizant of my blessings, and I'm incredibly grateful, but that takes a different form. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to always stop and meditate. I think that it means you have to figure out whatever it is for you that gets you in that zone where you can be resilient and where you can get, you know, the strength and the empowerment that you need to be able to face whatever life is going to throw to you on any given day. For me, that changes, and it, it just it's more responsive. It's more reactionary um, than it is some sort of a set schedule. Well, ladies and gentlemen, audience, raise your right hand, and I'm watching you. Lauren is doing it right, whether she meditates or not, or, or listens to loud music, doing cardio, whatever she's doing is doing it right, because Lauren, your energy is going through the airwaves, you're positive, you're loving, your generous energy, and from meeting you at your book signing, your, uh, your mother, your children, and your close friends, with that exception, my comment is, these successful people, including yourself, every one of them has their head screwed on, and they are down-to-earth, wonderful, good, and I could have stayed there hours and hours. So thank you <laughs> for inviting me. Lauren, uh, we're talking about goals. We're talking about thinking outside the box. And, yes, we talked about the powerful, big, and successful, and you were referring to the movie Big. In, in this vein, you, you say set goals, not any old goals, but big goals, especially set goals that are almost – impossible to attain. Do you believe, Lauren, if one asks uh, small, they get small? If they ask big, they get big results in life. Do you agree with that? Uh, unfortunately, I don't necessarily agree with that exactly. I, do, I, believe with, I believe in that with a, with a tweak, with a slight adaptation, and that would be, you know, that I think that people maintain motivation when the goal is big. I think people think that they're going to so easily attain it when the goal is small that they don't work hard for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Um, let's talk about you, Lauren, so you can share more of your success attitudes. You talked about your book, Picturing in Your Mind What You Want Six Months From Now, A Year From Now, Five Years From Now. Lauren, how has picturing or mentally visualizing contributed to your success in life? I think I'm a very visual person. So, I, I mean, I think it's, it, uh, it's how I learn. It's how I intake information. So just as a starting point, it's how I operate. You know, some people, um, even when I ask somebody their name, if, it's a, if, it, if they're a foreigner and it's a, it's a difficult name to say, you know, they'll always say to me, oh, you'll never get it right. And my response is always, please spell it for me. And once I see it in my head, I've got it right. I pronounce it. Never make a mistake again. Um, so I'm, I'm a very visual person in the way that I intake information, in the way that I process information, and as a result, in the way that I output information. And so and that obviously translates into my my life and being able to envision what I want my life to be like. And so it's been, you know, it's, it's been important for me. I guess it's been something that has, um, you know, has kind of defined the way that I operate. But I'm also very clear on, on the fact that I don't always have everything laid out in my mind and I can't always picture how things are going to be. And, Again, I know what the big overarching goal is. I don't always know what what that process will, will look like for me in my life, you know, mm-hmm. a year from now or three years from now or five years from now. Well, that makes sense. Vision, writing out goals, you then talk about hard work. And 
in your book, you quote, you, well, you talk about your parents and they taught you hard work means success. And you quoted Estee Lauder, quote, I never dreamed about success. I worked for it. I think our audience would like to hear about this, Lauren. I say that because there's such an emphasis these days on the law of attraction, which is important, but one still needs to strategize and work hard, correct? Absolutely. I think, you know, it it does come down to hard work. It comes down to working smart and working hard. Okay. Very good. Well, you've worked hard. You've been quite successful. And I think our audience is going to be very interested in what you have in your book about failure. And ladies and gentlemen, this is monumental. Listen to what Lauren says about failure. I quote, as long as you learn from whatever failure it is that you experienced, you really haven't failed at all. I love that. Lauren, your comments on that statement in your book, please. So I, there's a question that I ask myself about every business opportunity, and the question is fairly simple. And it's a spin on something that we hear all the time, but we don't necessarily hear it heard this way. <laughs> so I take credit for coining the term, but uh, <laughs> the question is, you know, is it worth it even if I fail? And I'll repeat it. Is it worth it even if I fail? And that's a question that I ask myself with every opportunity that comes my way. And once that's a resounding yes, I feel very comfortable in pushing forward and taking on whatever risk that opportunity comes with. And when you ask yourself, is it worth it even if I fail, you've got to look at all of the other opportunities that there are for growth, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. your the network that you're going to create or that you're going to deepen or that you're going to broaden, whether it's the people that you're going to have the opportunity to work with, whether it's the knowledge and the experience and the expertise that you're going to be able to add to your bio or your resume, whatever it is, if that opportunity gives you anything, then we haven't failed at all. Very well put. And ladies and gentlemen, that is support. Learn from it. And you really haven't failed as long as you continue on. And we have about a minute before we go to break, Lauren. I want to quote from your book, David Jones Global, CEO of Havas. I hope I'm pronouncing it correct. Havas. Okay, Havas. That's saying the consistent factor that most successful people say when asked about their success is that they never gave up. Also, Focus is key. Lauren, does your personal experience back up what David said? Yes, absolutely. I'm incredibly, incredibly focused. Um, Incredibly focused. You're incredibly focused. Okay. All right. Well, I want to, before we go to break, uh, leave this comment to with our audience. It's a rather large quote from the book. Lauren, a man or woman succeeds in reaching their goal in business. But you say something that really got my attention. The most successful people never truly arrive at their destinations. They are always striving to be the best men or women they can be. So you reach a certain milestone financially, but you are going for something even more. The reason this impacted me, Lauren, and our audience is because it reminded me, Richard Levy, personally, of the somebody at the Academy Awards, the best male actor, and that was Matthew McConaughey. At the Academy Awards, he said, uh, after he won the Oscar for his performance in Dallas, who is his hero? And when he talked about striving to be that hero, well, 
he said something almost identical to what Warren has in the book. Go to you, YouTube, folks, and watch what he says. It's something similar, apparently a big part of his success formula, and also Warren's. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk to Warren about uh, confidence and it's a statement she said a moment ago, how you, ladies and gentlemen, can get confidence, feel confident in whatever you're doing. I am Richard Levy. You're listening to Wealthy Thoughts. We're talking to Lauren Mylan Bias, author of The Path Redefined. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com With so many success, get wealthy, and positive thinking books on the market, it's easy to get overwhelmed. And many books leave you feeling good for a few days. Then the old negativity sets back in along with debt and a mundane life. If you enjoy this radio show and feel motivated to go to the next level in life, you're ready for Richard's latest book, Thoughts Make You Wealthy. Learn how to write goals that work. Discover how to visualize your goals and design a vision board. Get affirmations that will empower you and change your life. Learn how to release all negativity in your life, including anger, fear, worry, and procrastination. All killers of thoughts of wealth. Richard will help you learn how to start and maintain the success, wealth, and abundant energy you need every day and for your entire life. If not now, when? Order your copy of Richard Levy's latest book today, Thoughts Make You Wealthy, at ThoughtsMakeYouWealthy.com. Order three copies to give as gifts and receive a free DVD from Richard Levy's highly popular seminar series, a $100 value, yours free. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. This is Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. To reach us today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is WealthyThoughts at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Richard Levy. You're listening to Wealthy Thoughts, and we're talking with Lauren Mylan Bias, author of The Path Redefined getting to the top on your own terms and Lauren has certainly done that and she is has only begun as they say in just a moment we're going to talk to you talk to Lauren about where you can find her on the, the web and of course the book 
Lauren, in our last few minutes, let's talk about fears. All of us, the most successful, the Donald Trumps, the Oprah Winfrey's, anybody out there has experienced fears. And I think our audience is going to love this section of your book. You quote Kelly Hoey, if I'm pronouncing that right, I hope. You've got it. Thank you. The co-founder and managing director of Women Innovate Mobile as same quote, confidence has had the greatest impact on my own success and not being fearless, but proceeding ahead in spite of my fears. And then one more comment, and I'm going to turn to you, Lauren. You say, uh, you need to proceed ahead in spite of fears. Would you talk about either or both of those, Lauren? So I think for me, my life, as a result of oftentimes being the underdog in everything I've ever done, I have no choice but to push forward. And oftentimes when people ask me, you know, well, did you have a mentor? I'll say, no, I have a lot of people that support me and that clearly are in my corner, but I wouldn't say that I've had a mentor per se. I feel as I've had far more many naysayers who don't think that I can get it done or don't think that I belong in an industry or don't think that I've, you know, had the right credentials to kind of create success in a particular industry. And I found a way to turn those, you know, potentially hurtful and discouraging comments into constructive criticism that helped me refine how I'm going to approach the problem, the situation, or the opportunity. And so, yes, that comes down to pushing forward despite our fears. And, you know, I'm certainly always motivated to prove everybody wrong who didn't think I could in the first place. Okay, and you have proven that. I love your quote from Seth Godin. Is that pronounced correctly? Yes, Seth Godin. Thank you. From his blog, quote, the only way to defeat fear is to acknowledge its existence and to move forward anyway. It's amazing what you can accomplish when you tolerate fear instead of denying it. You say one characteristic that has made you successful, Lauren, is that you clearly say when you're not good at something or if it's not your area of expertise. So you are appreciated Lauren, when you admit into a, at a meeting, this is not my area of expertise, you have that much confidence to admit that? Of course. <laughs> I don't want my time wasted and nobody wants their time wasted either, right? I mean, so it right. comes down to saying, look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm better used as an asset here where it is my area of expertise or where I am incredibly knowledgeable or passionate uh, as opposed to allowing someone to expect me to do something that I don't think I'm going to perform and do really well. doesn't mean that I won't learn to do it better later at another time, but if, if time is of, it, of the essence, maybe that's not the appropriate time for me to be taking on this responsibility where I don't have, you know, the, the right skill set. And so I think people appreciate that because, you know, I value their time in saying, look, let me be of value to you by doing what I do best. This isn't it. Find someone who, who is. Um, and ask them to do it. And so people people appreciate that a thousand percent. I don't want to waste my time spinning my wheels, and I don't think anyone else at the end of the day really wants their time wasted either. And that's no. kind of the, the pro and the con uh, of being successful a few times over is that people think you can do anything. And I do believe in my mind that I can do anything, but <laughs> I certainly know where where I've I've got you know the most expertise and where I don't. Well, I tip my hat to you and uh, being humble and also to me, it's a sign of self-confidence. A lot of us can learn from that. 
more, this is simply said, but you mentioned in your book to always look to yourself for motivation. Does that imply that many people look for companies or bosses or family, et cetera, to motivate them instead of looking inside themselves? Yes, I think people look look at a lot of places for motivation, not just those places. People look in books and TV shows and, you know, gosh, church and, and all sorts of religious forums. And people look to music. They look to all sorts of things to, to give them motivation. Uh, and to the extent that those outlets support your self-motivation, I'm a thousand percent for it. But it's almost equivalent to putting your worth in the hands of someone else. And so, you know, I, I did that for a moment in time subconsciously. Um, and I, I would say I talk about that in the book where, you know, my worth I, I saw at that time or it certainly was at that time defined by all these, these things other than Lauren, other than who Lauren was as an individual. It was really defined by who Lauren was, you know, associated with and all these mm-hmm. other titles that Lauren had. And so, you know, it's about you know, understanding your own self-worth, appreciating yourself, and making sure that, you know, that you motivate yourself every day. Because there's, right. not always, there's not always going to be a friend or family member who's going to help get you out of bed and put a smile on your face and make you want to go tackle the day with enthusiasm. And so it's one of the hardest things that I've learned to do is to, to really, truly be self-motivated. We all talk about it, but to really, truly be self-motivated. And a lot of that comes from something that I discuss in the book as well in The Path Redefined, which is that I want more for myself than anyone else could ever want for me. And again, I'll repeat it. I want more for myself than anyone could ever want for me. And that is, that is so a statement. affirming. That is so affirming. That's so powerful. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad Lauren repeated that because it gives, gives me goosebumps. And take responsibility. Motivate yourself. Lauren, just before we close, I you mentioned this earlier in the show, but would you take about 45 seconds and expand on this? You mentioned briefly again about confidence. Uh, you quoted this from Morin Olivo. How do you pronounce that? Morin Oluwole. Thank you. Fake it until you make it. Would you please elaborate on that as a recipe to build self-confidence very briefly? So briefly, uh, in 45 seconds or less, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> fake it until you make it means just that. It's pretty self-explanatory. Fake it until you make it. But more importantly, you know, I think oftentimes, um, you know, we don't, we don't think we don't think about where we want to be. We think about where we are. And so it also really means, you know, act like you are where you want to be, not like where you are, right? So if we right. want to become an executive and we're an associate, how are we going to become an executive? We walk around dressing like, talking like, feeling like an associate. No, let's switch that mindset and put it into executive mode and dress and talk and act and look like and feel like and tell yourself in your mind that you're an executive. Own it. Claim it, own it, and then you start to feel it, and then you start to live it, and then you start, you know, to put passion behind it, and you work hard towards it, and then it actually will materialize. And, you know, a large part of what the path redefined talks about is when it does materialize, be ready to accept the opportunity. Make space and find a way. Make time to take up whatever the amazing opportunity is, because by the time it's presented itself to you, you deserve it. And we can't always get back these opportunities. 
We can't decide when they're going to come and show up on our, on our doorstep or in our inbox, but certainly knowing when and how to make time and space for opportunities that can change our life is so important. Um, Lauren, I think the audience would agree with me. You are articulate. You're lovely. You're very positive. We embrace you. We honor you. And available, ladies and gentlemen, to speak wherever you want to, wherever you are. She spoke to Ivy League schools. Lauren, your website is what for the audience? So my website personally is Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N-M, Bias, B-I-A-S, so LaurenMBias.com. And then the book has a wonderful website as well, which is ThePathRedefined.com. So T-H-E-P-A-T-H-R-E-D-E-F-I-N-E-D.com. And you can also just Google me if, if for any reason you can't. Find either of them, and they will certainly pop up if you Google Lauren Mylan Bias. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if you anybody missed that, write me at wealthythoughts at gmail.com, and I will pass it on to Lauren if you need information on finding the book. It's a must-read. It belongs in your library. Get it. Lauren, on behalf of all of our Wealthy Thoughts listeners, thank you so very, very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. Please have Audrey send me an address. I'd love to send you a signed copy of my book, Thoughts Make You Wealthy. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I would love people to tweet at me with questions, too. Twitter is an awesome way to get me, at Lauren M. Bias. Contact Lauren via Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Lauren, we wish you even more success, wealth, and prosperity in all that you see, touch, and do. My love to Audrey and your good friend, Cynthia. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, remember whatever you look at, imagine, talk about, think about, and write about is what you attract. Why not place your attention of success on success and abundance all through the day? We'll see you next Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific for another production of Wealthy Thoughts. This is Richard Levy reminding you to love, appreciate, and admire the most important person you see every day in the mirror you. Thank you. Take care. So long from Chicago. Bye-bye. Thank you for inviting positive success into your life this week on Wealthy Thoughts. Please join host Richard Levy again next Monday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and 2 p.m. Central Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And this week, Think of something positive you can do to bring success to yourself and others.